Welcome to the City Church Online. This is where you get all the sermons that you might have missed or you might just want to listen to all over again. Please like, subscribe, remember to share and download this message. Come, let us grow together in Christ. I'm wondering today, does anyone want more of the power of God? Come on. Would you like more of the goodness of God? Would you like more of who Jesus is in your life? Well, I want to tell you one thing that will stop you from the power of God. There is one thing that will stop you from experiencing more of God. Do you know the Bible says you can be filled with the fullness of God? The Bible says that God is able to do more than you can ask. God can do more than you can imagine. But there is one thing that will stop you from the power of God. Do you want to know what the one thing is? It will stop every single one of us. In fact, it is the very thing that if you're not careful, it will, it will come into your heart and it will consume your life. Do you want to know what that one thing is? It is the one thing that every single one of us will have. No matter who you are, no matter how young you are, no matter how old you are, no matter who you are, it will stop you from experiencing all that God has for you. That one thing is anxiety. It will stop you from experiencing all that God has for you. It will stop you. And anxiety can come when you least expect it. Anxiety will come when you can't see it. When we came into Uganda, we came on a, a, an airplane and, and we came and we, we went to go find our luggage and our luggage could not be found. <laughs> and we're here for several weeks in Uganda. <laughs> and we still have no luggage. Oh. So if we don't smell that great, you will understand why. <laughs> I got these nice clothes from Kampala yesterday. Praise the Lord. I'm so grateful that God is always good. He, he makes a way where there seems to be no way. But... There's always something that we can worry about. It could be lost luggage. It could be sickness. It could be money. It could be family. It could be the government. Oh, there's so many things that we could be filled with anxiety over. But our assignment today is to go to the Word of God. And God gives us instruction when it comes to anxiety. That you are no longer to have anxiety, rather you are to receive from God what he wants to give you today. We find ourselves in the book of Philippians, chapter 4, verse 6 and 7. Hear the word of the Lord. Do not be anxious about anything. Come on, someone shout anything. Anything. Do not be anxious about, come on anything not some things not one thing it doesn't say do not be anxious on Sundays <laughs> do not be anxious about anything but in everything someone shout everything everything but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving let your requests be made known to God, 
I need you to see today that the way to overcome anxiety is through prayer and thanksgiving. And when you pray and you surrender your life to God, you don't just release your anxiety. God's going to give you something. Look at verse 7. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. This is the word of God. Do not be anxious about. Do not be anxious about. Oh, this is not a suggestion from God. This is not an option from God. Oh, this is not an opinion. This is not something you can do once in a while. This is what God wants from his children. If you're going to be a child of God, you cannot carry with you anxiety. Now, I know you have something to be anxious about. But God says you're not able to carry anxiety. It's easy to get anxiety. Anxiety will stop you from experiencing all of the promises of God. What does God promise you today? Peace. Peace. Peace in your heart. Peace in your mind. Peace in your home. Come on. Peace in your country. God. He can see what you can't see, but you will never experience it if you don't hear the word of God, if you don't obey the word of God, if you don't put this into practice, God has promised you peace. And the one thing that Satan wants to snatch from your life is peace. For the devil knows that if you have peace, you have overcome the enemy. For there is no peace with Satan. He's a divider. He's a destroyer. And he wants to rob you of the gift that God wants to give you. If you have worry on your mind, how can you worship? You can look like a worshiper, but God sees the heart. If you have worry on your mind, how, how, how can you face tomorrow? For you can't even face today. If you worry about money, you're going to miss the opportunity for God to be the great provider of your life. For you will not even think to ask God for what you need. And it's the Lord that says, won't you come and ask? Won't you come and seek? Won't you come and knock? God wants to give you these things if you receive the word of the Lord. Jesus, when he preached in what's called the Sermon on the Mount... He comes to a place in Matthew chapter 6 and he says, Therefore, I tell you, Jesus says, do not, these are the words of Jesus, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not your life more than food and the body more than clothing? You have something Something in your life that's worth not worrying about, and that is Jesus Christ. G Jesus warns us not to worry. And then he goes on to teach us about the birds and the flowers. He uses simple things that we can understand. If you would just look up at the birds, if you would just look at the flowers, let's learn from them. Oh, the crane does not worry about where it's going <laughs> 
Oh, the stork does not worry about what it's going to eat. The eagle is not worried about where it's going to have a home. So Jesus said, look at the birds. They don't worry about what they're going to eat. Look at the flowers. Have you ever seen a flower say to another flower, I wish I looked like you? Have you ever heard a flower say, I'm so much prettier than you? Jesus says, learn from the birds, learn from the flowers, for I created those things. But he warns us that if you do not hear the word of God, you're going to worry about what you wear. You're going to worry about what you eat. You're going to worry about this life. And so he goes on to say in Matthew 6, what should you do instead of worry? He says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And when you seek God, all of these things will be added to you. But if you go after the things of this world, you will not get God. You will not get his righteousness. You will miss these things. Why will you miss these things? There is one thing that will consume your life that is anxiety. You will worry. You'll worry about silly things like what to wear and what to eat. Oh, it sounds so easy, doesn't it? But it's not easy. It's not easy to do in our lives. Jesus says in Matthew 6, 34, do not worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Do you know what Jesus says to you? You do not have the strength to worry about tomorrow. You can barely get through today. <laughs> you do not have the access to have anxiety for today and tomorrow because today does have worry. You do have to worry about the rain or you do have to worry about your family. You do have to worry about these things today. You, you can't do it tomorrow. So today you need to focus on giving what you have to God. It starts in the morning. It continues through the day. And it doesn't stop until you lay your head down and let God sing over you while you sleep. Hallelujah. He cares for you. You have a God that loves you. He's never stopped loving you. Never. There's no sin so great that he said, I give up on this one. I'm moving on to the next one. Rather, he looks at you and sees the potential in your life. What would happen if you gave God everything? Do not be anxious about anything. Oh, let your mind and your heart absorb this because if you're not careful, there is so much to be anxious about. I love how Jesus used such simple illustrations so that we could understand his love. Here the teachings of Jesus in Matthew 10 verse 29 are not two sparrows sold for a penny and not one of them will fall to the ground apart from your father. Jesus lets us know that God knows everything. He knows when a bird dies and then he goes on to say, but even the hairs of your head are all numbered. God knows how much hair you have or you don't have. He knows every single number of the hairs on your body. Those are the things we don't care about. 
When you cut your hair, you don't look down and say, oh, no, I lost 3,622 of them. But the Lord knows. He knows everything. Jesus lets us know he knows the small things and he knows the big things. And he goes on to say this about you. Fear not. That is the number one commandment in the Bible. Do not be afraid. Fear not. Now, why would the Bible say that unless we were going to do it? We have much to fear. You can wake up in fear. You can go to bed in fear. You can live your day in fear. But Jesus says, fear not, therefore, you. Turn to your neighbor and say, you. You. Oh, come on. Shout at your neighbor, somebody. You. You are of more value than many sparrows. Someone back there, you have so much value. Oh, the Lord loves you. He sees you. He knows you. And he says, you are so important to me. I love you. I don't want you to have anxiety. I don't want you to worry about anything. What I want from you is to trust me that if I take care of the birds, I can take care of you. If I can take care of the flowers, I can take care of you. I need you to know that who I am will be who you are because you're made in my image. So don't project your image on God. Let his image be projected on you. He loves you. He made you. God cares for you. And he never stops. I love how Peter, he writes in 1 Peter chapter 5 at a time that the church was going through great difficulty. They were being persecuted for believing in Jesus. They could lose their families. They could lose their lives for loving Jesus. Now, Peter knew what it was like to have problems. He made many mistakes, but he was not defined by those mistakes. He was not defined by his past. He was defined by the present reality of who he was in Jesus. And he says in 1 Peter chapter 5, Casting all your anxieties. Someone shout, all. All your anxieties. That's like, like uh, anything. That's all your anxieties. Cast them on him because he cares for you. He cares for you. Come on, shout at your neighbor. He cares for you. He cares for you. Listen. He, he didn't want you to come to church today to be religious. He didn't want you to come to church today to follow rules. He wanted you to come to church today so he could care for you. That you would leave something at church today. What should you leave at church today? All your anxiety. I need you to notice today that casting is an action. You don't wake up one morning and cast your anxieties on Jesus. You must be intentional. This is, this is something you've got to do on purpose. You've got to look at your life and say, what am I holding on to that I'm not giving to God? I've got to cast my anxiety on Him. Why am I casting my anxieties on the Lord? Because He cares for me. Do you notice here that Peter does not tell us what he's anxious about? He, he says, Cast, casting your anxieties on him. Peter doesn't tell us, well, I have teenagers, so I'm anxious about them. <laughs> he doesn't say that he's out of work and he's looking for work. 
He lets us know that whatever you're anxious for, whether you're young or you're not so young, whether you have work or you have no work, he's letting us know that the commandment of God is that every single one of us ought to cast all our anxieties on him. Perhaps today there's something you're holding on to. Perhaps today there's something you're anxious over. Hear the word of the Lord to cast them onto Jesus. In this world, we have so many things that we can be anxious about. But we're told here to get rid of, to throw it, to cast it, to remove the anxiety of your life and replace it with the Lord. This this entails the will. This, This means that you have to do something. God's looking at you and says, if you don't do this, You're going to miss the promise, the power, the goodness of God. You will always look through the lens of anxiety. And everywhere you go, you will not see the fullness and the goodness of God. Instead, you you will see worry. You will see anxiety. I don't know about you, but I've carried my burdens before. I've held on to my anxiety for a long time. I don't know about you, but I've come to church with worry instead of worship. I don't know about you, but one thing I've learned is that worry does not make you a better person. I've never seen someone say, that person worries so much, I want to be just like them. Ooh, look how anxious that person is. Let's all look a little more like them. It is not a good thing to have anxiety. It is not something that God wants for you. But when you get to the place where you realize that I've made such dumb decisions, I don't want to do what I want to do anymore. I want what God wants for me. And if God says, give my anxiety to him, I'm going to take him at his word. Even if I've never done it before, I'm going to do it today. I'm going to start my day off with the Lord. I'm going to give it to God. And then throughout the day, I'm going to give it to God. And then throughout the night, I'm going to give it to God. And if I wake up with anxiety on my mind, I'm going to give it to God. He doesn't say sometimes you can be anxious. Do not be anxious about anything. But how can you not be anxious about anything? We're told it's by prayer. Prayer is talking to God. It's conversation with God. It's realizing that God cares for you. Do you know what a Christian should be? Carefree. The King James Version says, casting all your care upon him. The care here is the anxiety, the worry. You should be carefree. I have no cares because I've given them to God. It's not that I don't care because I'm angry or it's not because I don't care because because I worry. I don't care because God cares for me. I'm carefree, but a carefree life is not a careless life. It's an intentional life. It's a purposeful life. It says, I want what God wants for my life. And what does God want for me? Peace. He wants me to have power. He wants me to have more of him. 
But if your mind is filled with anxiety, how can you have more of God? No matter what you're going through, we have a faith that meets us in the place where you are. Whatever you're going through, Jesus will meet you there. He doesn't run from hard times. He runs to you, not away from you. He wants you to know that if you're going through a sickness, he will be there. If you're going through a a sad time, he'll be there. Jesus taught us over and over. He was willing to go where he needed to go to reach whomever he wanted to reach. He loves the little children. He loves the women. He loves the men. He's willing to go wherever he needs to go to reach whomever he needs to reach. And if you have something in your life that shouldn't be there, Jesus wants to take care of it. Do you know there's two times in the temple where Jesus flipped over tables at the beginning of his ministry and at the end of his ministry? Because sometimes we have things in our lives that need to be turned over. Sometimes we have things in our lives that shouldn't be there and Jesus sees exactly what needs to be flipped over. The key to a carefree life is found in Jesus Christ. 2 Peter 5.8 Peter warns us that this will be a battle. A battle between you and the devil. So he says, be sober-minded and be watchful. Your adversary, that is your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. Let me tell you today that if you want a life with no anxiety, if you want a life with no worry, you must work for this. Because the devil's looking to devour you when you aren't even looking. When you aren't paying attention. He's like a lion that's just waiting for the person that's weak. Waiting for the person that's not looking. You must work for this. Oh, the devil, be careful here, is like a lion. He's not the lion. There's one lion of the tribe of Judah. Do you know him? His name is Jesus. He's the true lion, but the devil is a counterfeit. He pretends to be somebody that he's not. He pretends to be a lion, and he's just looking to destroy your life. He's looking to to kill your life. He's looking to take from you what God wants to give you today. There is a real enemy of your soul that is the devil, and he's seeking for an opportunity to destroy Christians. He's looking to destroy the church. He's looking to destroy your family, and he's just looking at the right opportunity. But if you would open up your eyes, if you would be watchful, if you would be sober-minded, if you'd realize that God has given you a spirit not of fear but he's given you a spirit of power he's given you a spirit of love he's given you a spirit of a sound mind and self-control so that you determine this day devil you're not touching my life devil you're not touching my mind devil you're not touching my finances devil you're not touching my health devil you're not touching my kids devil you're not touching this church devil you are not going to touch this nation of Uganda we rebuke you in the name of Jesus Christ because you're not the lion of the tribe of Judah oh you're pretending to be somebody you're not but I declare today hands off today I'm not going to worry about what I'm going to eat or drink I'm not going to worry about what I'm going to wear I'm not going to worry about anything because the Bible tells me do not be anxious about anything but in 
everything. I'm going to be a prayer warrior. I'm going to be a prayer person. I'm going to take God at his word. If he says it, I believe it. Even if I don't have it yet, he must be teaching me a lesson. He's not done with me yet. I might be going through some hard times right now, but I believe that God's able to deliver me. I believe that God is able. Do you believe that today? He's a God that's able. If Abraham and Sarah can have a baby at an age when you shouldn't have babies, my God is able. If God can provide a sacrifice instead of Isaac, my God is able. If my, if my God can take a Jacob who's a liar and a deceiver and take him and wrestle with him and change his identity and his name, my God is able today. He is able to make a way where there seems to be no way. Oh, he takes the life of Moses, a man that murdered someone, and he says, I'm going to use you, but you've got to trust in me. I'm going to use you, but it won't be you. It will be all about me. You know, Moses, he tried to worry about what he was going to do. And God says, it's not even about you. You're not the deliverer. We have a greater deliverer. We have a God that makes a way where there seems to be no way. And when you come up against the Red Sea, he, he parts the Red Sea. When you come up against the Jordan River, he'll stop the river. When you come up against the walls of Jericho, he's going to bring them down at just the right time. When you come up against a giant, he will use a little boy so that you can, you can represent who God is. You can come up against the giant giants. You can defeat the enemy because your God is greater. Our God is able. He's able to make a way where there seems to be no way. The Bible says in Isaiah 43 verse 19, behold, do you not perceive it. My God will make a way in the wilderness. He will bring streams in the desert. If it's not here yet, he's not done yet because he's so good. He's going to make a way, but we've got to believe it today. He doesn't say you make a way. He doesn't say you worry about where it's going to come from. He doesn't say this is up to you. He says it's up to me, but you've got to believe in me. Hallelujah. Can we read this text again? Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Let him know what's going on in your life. Be a thankful person because if you cast your anxieties on him, if you pray to him, you're going to be a thankful person. You're going to be a thankful person in the house of God. You're going to be a thankful person in your own house. Wherever you go, you're going to thank God because you now have the peace of God in your life. Oh, my friends, this is a peace that the world will never understand. It's a peace that surpasses understanding because this peace comes from the Prince of Peace. He is the true shalom, the peace of God, and it only comes with a surrendered life. It does not come by working harder. It does not come by worrying. Some people will try to tranquilize their troubles with alcohol. Some people will try to worry themselves into anger, and their anxiety will come through the form of, uh, of hurting someone else. Uh, some people will, will the, the hold up and they won't even come to church because they're worrying so much. 
But I'm here to tell you my God can make a way. You, you can't figure this piece out on your own. You need Jesus. You can't buy this piece at the market. You need Jesus. You can't find this piece in, in, in a career or a work or, or education. This piece is found in Jesus. Jesus is the one that gives us this piece. But first you got to give him all your anxiety. Because there's no room for the peace of Jesus if you're going to hold on to your anxieties. You've got to cast it on him. Hallelujah. I'm almost done. I need you to know how important this is because Satan wants to stop you from experiencing the peace of God. The devil is real and he does not want you to even think about him, but he just wants you to worry about all the things of this world. In the last book of the Bible, Revelation, we're told who wins every single time, and it is Jesus. John tells us in Revelation 12, verse 10, John said, I heard a loud voice in heaven saying, Now the salvation, the power, and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ have come. For the accuser, that's the devil, the accuser of our brothers has been thrown down. This is what the devil does. He accuses them day and night before God. This gives us a glimpse of what the devil does. He accuses. He accuses you. He wants you to carry anxiety. He's going to make you remember your past. And he's not just going to do it sometimes. He's going to do it in the morning and at night. He's going to bring it before God. He's going to bring it before you. You have an enemy that's after your soul. But we have a greater God that is Jesus Christ. And you have a choice today. Do you want to hold on to your anxiety or do you want to give it to God? Because praise be to God that the Bible tells us in Revelation 12, 11, and they, those are the believers in Jesus, has, have conquered the devil. We have conquered the accuser. We have conquered the adversary. We have conquered Satan. How have we conquered him? By the blood of the lamb that is Jesus Christ and by the word of their testimony. For they love not their lives even unto death. How can you overcome the enemy? By the blood of the lamb and the word of your testimony. You've got to start telling someone, I used to be anxious, but I'm not anxious anymore. I used to worry all the time, but now I worship Jesus Christ. I, I used to worry about what I was going to eat or what I was going to wear, but now I just want more of Jesus. I've got to let the world know. i got to testify to the blood of Jesus because he gave his life on the cross to forgive me of every single sin. He died on the cross so that I don't have to worry anymore. He died on the cross so that I wouldn't be filled with anxiety, but I would give it all to him. How do I overcome the devil today? By the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. You overcome the devil today and testify to what he's done. When the devil tries to accuse you, you tell him I'm a child of God. You get your hands off of me. I testify today to who I am. Oh devil, you got no place in my life to accuse me of anxiety anymore. I've given it to Jesus. I don't even have anymore because I've given it to him. You have a choice today what to do. I want to finish with one last story. When we arrived in Uganda, I told you we didn't get our luggage. It's traveling the world right now. Who knows where that luggage is? Maybe somebody's wearing my church clothes today. I don't know. But when we arrived in Uganda, I didn't worry about where I was going. I could have worried because in America, we drive on the other side of the road. We drive on a different side of the road than Uganda. Our steering wheels on the other side of the car. 
I could have worried. In fact, in America, we have lines on all of our roads and we have to stay in the lines. No one leaves the lines. You can't leave the lines. But in Uganda, there are no lines. In America, you have to stay far apart from other people. In Uganda, everybody gets close. I have much that I could worry about when I come to Uganda. But I do not worry. Because I don't drive in Uganda. I will tell you, we have a fantastic driver. Patrick Bosa. Oh, Patrick. He's been driving in Uganda since he was born. He avoids the potholes. He avoids the bodabodas. And he makes me feel safe. But if I had to drive the bus, I would be filled with anxiety. I wouldn't even know where to go. I wouldn't know how to find the city church in Luzira. I, I would end up in Kenya. I would end up in a place I don't want to be. But I don't worry because Patrick Bosa, my driver takes me where we need to go. Now hear me out on this. In life, Jesus doesn't want you to take control of everything. He wants to take you where he wants to lead you. In John chapter 3, he says the spirit is like the wind and he leads those who believe in him. The Holy Spirit takes us. So you don't worry. You won't end up in a place you're not supposed to be. Because you trust in the one that's leading you. You trust in the one that's guiding you. But if you take the wheel, you're going to hit the potholes of life. You're going to end up in a place where you're lost. And Jesus came to seek and to save the lost. He didn't come to leave you where you are. He came to take you to places you've never been before. Hallelujah. He's come to show you places that you, you couldn't dream of because Ephesians 3.20 says that my God is able to do far more, immeasurably more, abundantly more than you could ask or think. You can't dream big enough for God. But you've got to give him control of your life. You've got to say from this day forward, I'm not doing it on my own anymore. I can't carry my anxiety. I've got to ask you today, Two very important questions. One is, what do you need to give to God? Your anxieties, your worries. And we're going to do that in just a moment. The second question is even more important. Have you believed in the Lord Jesus for the forgiveness of your sins? Do you know for certain that you're saved from hell, that is separation from a good God that loves you and wants to give you peace? If you're uncertain of that, you could be certain right now. The Bible says today is the day of salvation. Not another day, not a better day. Today is the day. And if you want to be saved, I give you that invitation right now. Just with your eyes closed, with your mind set on the Lord. If you want to believe in Jesus, I'm going to ask for the first time today. You say, I'm going to give my whole life to God. I surrender it to the Lord. Between you and the Lord Jesus, would you put your hand up nice and high in the air? If you say, this is my day to give my life to Jesus. 
This is my day to surrender my will to the Lord. I want to just ask today, if you want to give your anxieties to God, you want to give him all of your life, You've put your faith in Jesus before, but this is the day you say, I'm not going to do it on my own anymore. Would you raise your hand up to the Lord? Would you say, I'm giving it to God right where you are? You be honest with God because he's been honest with you. He cares for you. Praise be to God. Even more importantly, you've seen our hearts. And God, we release our anxiety to you. As your word has promised us in 1 Peter 5, 7, we cast all our anxieties on you because you care for us. We pray right now for your church that there would be a shift, a change, a transformation that because you care for us, we're no longer the same. We start to look more like you. We have your peace. So I prophesy peace over this house. For every person that raised their hands, I ask Jesus that you'd grant them favor and blessing, that there would be a change in their lives, that they would be lighter, because you love them. You've taken their worry. We've left it here at the altar. We give it to you, God. Because you care for us. Direct our lives and lead us and take us where you want us to go. Help us not to worry about anything, God. But in everything, pray to you. In Jesus' name, amen. This audio sermon has been brought to you by The City Church. We would love to hear from you. Please contact us on 0706-332-572 or 0776-579-679.